on the eastern coast of the Mediterranean in the land of Tyre and Sidon, there was a woman named Europa. Hello, and welcome back to the Gods and Heroes show. Thank you so much for tuning in. On this episode, we talk about a woman, a kidnapping, and the fate of a continent. This is Europa and the Continental Clash. Now, Europa was the daughter of King Aeonor of the Phoenicians, and she was raised in the seclusion of the royal palace. Europa lived the typical royal life. However, one night, at midnight, when others are visited by dreams that generally contain nuggets of true life, Europa was granted a vision from the heavens. Europa saw in her dream what she could only describe as two continents one of which was Asia, and the other, which lies opposite. Europa saw both continents in the forms of women, and she felt that each was fighting to possess her. One of the women, which we have called the other, had a foreign air to Europa. But Asia looked and acted as her own people in Tyre and Sidon did. This familiar woman spoke to her warmly, but surely, telling her that she had born and nurtured this child. Europa was confused as to the child she was referencing. And then the woman, strong as she was, clasped Europa in her arms and whisked her away. Europa, conscious of her dream state and of the vision she is witnessing, did not fight the woman and went with her. As she tugged on her forearm, the stranger called for Europa to come. She exclaimed that it was the king of the gods, Zeus, that in fact has appointed her, and that Europa has a destiny. Just as quickly as the vision began, however, it ended, and when Europa awoke, she was in a daze. Blood rushed to her head, and it pounded in her temples. She slowly rose from her couch and quickly opened her eyes. The vision burned so brightly in her head. It was as if she had experienced it in the daylight of reality. And there she stood. Europa was motionless for a while. She stared into nothingness and relived the vision a thousand times over. She broke her own silence, almost unconsciously telling herself, What god could have sent me this vision? Who was that woman? Who pulled me so vigorously? Why did I not fight her? How lovingly she approached me. She looked at me with a mother's gaze. May, may the gods let this vision be for the best. As Ilios broke the daylight into the sky, Europa had calmed down from her vision from the night before. And she busied herself with her usual tasks. She washed, dressed, and hosted her friends, companions that came from many of the noble houses of Tyre and Sidon. And with them, she prepared and made the typical offerings to the gods. Altogether, they traveled to the nearby meadow, nestled between the city and the sea. The meadow provided for bliss with fresh flower blooms and calm Mediterranean waters. Each of the women carried a basket, and Europa had a grand one. It was sewn of gold threads and carved into with scenes of the gods. Ephistos, the god of the forge, crafted it himself, and Poseidon, the god of the sea, had given it to a woman named Libya when he was courting her in ages past. 
for much time it passed from one to another, until Ayanor, Europa's father, received it, and then he granted it to Europa. And now she carried it. Glistening in the sun, she filled the basket with flowers from the meadow and talked with her friends as they flocked along the seashore. After they had concluded picking flowers, and Europa herself had cut some of her favorites, roses, all the women gathered in the meadow and sat, relaxing in the sunshine. As they calmly spoke about their days, for a while, everything was normal. But then suddenly, fate herself broke into Europa's mind and reignited the images of her vision. Fate spoke to her, and Europa understood. It was Zeus, bearer of thunder and son of Kronos, that had fallen for the beauty of a young Europa. But for as much as he was infatuated with Europa, he feared Hera, queen of the gods, and Zeus's own wife and sister. Every time Hera uncovered one of Zeus's affairs, her immense rage was heard over the heavens. Zeus had an idea. In an effort to not anger Hera, and still go to Tyre to court Europa, Zeus planned to assume the shape of a bull. He would become a magnificent bull, with large shoulders and graceful horns that looked as if they were crafted by man, and inlaid with the most precious jewels. The bull would be a gold color, and his forehead would have a silver crescent moon. But before he transformed himself into the magnificent bull, Zeus contacted Hermes and met with him in the palace atop Olympus. Zeus said nothing to Hermes other than what he wanted him to do. Hastily, Zeus cried, Hermes, a most trustworthy friend, loyal and proud, you always abided by my wishes. Please look there, down below to earth. That, my friend, is Phoenicia. Go there and drive the herds of the king down the slopes and towards the seashore. Without question, Hermes was off. His winged feet carried him down outside Sidon where the herdsmen crafted their pastures. Admis then released the herd and scared them off in the direction of the sea. Undenounced Admis, Zeus had been one of those bulls, driven in mass towards the meadow where Europa had been staying. As the herd neared the meadow and the seashore, it dispersed and began to graze on the meadow just a short distance from Europa and her Tyrian maidens. Well, not all the cattle had gone to graze. Zeus, now the proud, golden-locked bull, approached Europa. Zeus moved gently and with purpose. His golden hair shined in the sun. All the maidens were in awe. Such a beautiful creature, so calm, so graceful. Zeus noticed the maiden's interest, and he eased closer all the while focusing on Europa. Closer and closer he crept. And at first Europa was startled. She moved back, but the bull remained, waiting for her response, only acting when Europa felt comfortable with its presence. Europa gained the courage to approach the creature, and slowly she did. She stroked the fur, ever golden. It felt as if silk had been flowing through her hands. The bull motioned towards the flowers, and Europa offered one. 
the bull gently took it from her soft hands and ate it, letting out a happy coo. And Europa, delighted, kissed the crescent silver moon that graced the forehead of the bull. At this moment, the bull let out a joyful bellow, deep as it was, but not of a common bull. It played as the Lydian flutes did, a sound that echoed through the valley, a flute between two mountains. The bull then crouched and sat on the grassy meadow and motioned with its head towards its back. Europa now called out loudly to the Tyrian maidens, Come now, let us climb atop this glorious creature and ride him. We can fit four at a time. He's so gentle, so tame. He is not like the other bulls. I sense a touch of reason in him like a human. All that it lacks is language. As she exclaimed to her maidens, she dressed the bull in fine flowers and wreaths that she and her friends had created. She hung them on the bull's horns as she jumped atop the bull's back, motioning to the other maidens. Come, join me, do not be afraid. The bull, however, cared not for the other maidens. Europa was the only prize worthy to ride atop its golden hide. And so it flung itself from the ground and began walking away from the maidens. Steadily, the bull gained speed, and the maidens could not keep up with their friend. The bull trotted with more and more speed. It seemed to Europa as if they were flying, and soon the bull leaped into the sea and began to swim away from the meadow. Soon Europa's friends were distant specks on the Phoenician shore. At this sight, a terror gripped Europa's entire body. But with one hand, she grasped the horn of the bull, and with the other, she struggled to balance on the back of the bull. She screamed to her maidens for help, but her voice was muffled by the sea. And the bull continued, as if it was a grand ship in the water. For a day, the bull swam in the sea, carrying the princess to a distant land, and the bull emerged from the water. He did so gently, as to not drop his rider. He placed Europa against a tree, and in an instant, the bull vanished, and a man appeared. The man, as strong and as beautiful as the gods, told the woman that she was on the island of Crete, and if she gave him her hand, he would protect her. Europa, hopeless and in a daze, extended her hand in agreement. Zeus's desire had now been achieved. Europa awoke from what seemed like a long sleep. The sun beat down on her from the heavens. She looked to her left, and then to her right. She was alone. She called out, Father, 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 please find me. And then she fell back on the ground. A tear shed from her eye, helpless and bewildered. Then she collected herself. How, how dare I even call for my father, I who have no care for my maidenhood. I left my homeland atop a bull, so willingly. Without two thoughts, I jumped on its back. But from where and to what place have I come? Thoughts rattled in her head. Death? Death would be too light a penalty for what I've done. But wait, am I really awake? Am I now mourning an actual disgrace, or is this a dream? Can I open my eyes to my bedroom and the palace? It must be impossible that I've climbed atop a golden bull that carried me across the seas? 
As Europa spoke to the sea, she wiped her palms across her face, rubbing her eyes as if to clear her vision. But each time she opened them to foreign beaches, with unfamiliar waters, trees, rocks, and flowers. Again she spoke, now in anger. Oh, if someone would present that bowl to me now, I would rip it apart with my hands, soft as they may be, she continued. I should rend its flesh, break its horns, tear its golden fur from its skin, but these are unheard wishes. It was I that left my home, without shame, without thought. What is there left but for me to die? If the gods on Olympus have forsaken me so, let them at least send a lion or a tiger to, to this empty shore, maybe my beauty may tempt their appetites and I won't have to waste from hunger, the rose from my cheeks fading into nothingness. She waited, but no beasts arrived. The landscape remained unchanged before her. The ceaseless waves crashed against the shores, and Europa sat on the sand, smiling, laughing towards a cloudless sky. She cried, miserable Europa, can you not hear your own father's voice? He is far, but he would be cursing you unless you put an end to your shameful life. Europa jutted a finger towards a tree against the sand and said, Do you not see the mighty Ayanor pointing to that ash tree, a tree on which you can hang yourself? Or there, a steep cliff from which you can jump into a watery grave in a stormy sea? She continued, Choose, Europa. Would you rather be the concubine of a barbarian warlord, remaining a slave to him day after day? Choose, Europa, O oh daughter of a great king, princess to Phoenicia. Europa tormented herself with the thoughts of her death, but she never found the courage to die. And as she sat on the lonely beach, head in her hands, she heard a low whisper. Fearing someone may be watching her, she jumped up, looking from side to side, scanning all corners of the beach. And there, just behind her, a bright, unearthly radiance, and within it, Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty, and beside her, Eros, her son, the god of love, with a lowered bow. Aphrodite raised the corners of her mouth and smiled, a radiant smile that lingered on the lips of the goddess as she spoke to Europa. Calm your anger now, child. You are no longer a rebel, nor ashamed to your father. The bull that took you away will come back to you, and it will offer its own horns for you to break. I sent the vision to you, but be comforted now, for Europa, you were carried away by a god. Aphrodite continued, and her smile persisted. Europa, you are the mortal wife of Zeus, son of Kronos and king of the heavens. Europa, rejoice, for your name shall be immortal, as it is the continent that received you, and these shores that cry to you, that will forever be called Europe. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gods and Heroes show. I truly hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are staying safe, staying healthy, and enjoying the 
slow movement of content through the logs podcast um have a great rest of your day i hope you can also visit our social media pages and follow us there please also visit our merch store and get something nice for yourself please stay happy please stay healthy and remember to keep on laughing